Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, once again, joining us is Andrew Gibney from France at the moment uh, from French Football Weekly. Be sure to check him out there. Also, he has articles kind of dotted all over the place about French players and... All of them are good, so go check those out. <laughs> but um, we'll start off talking about France. Obviously, yesterday, nil-nil draw, uh, which many people may have been surprised by, but you did have some resting players again. Uh, Payet, really the most notable, especially for those that were hoping for points from him in a fantasy aspect. Uh, but what was your view on that match? Yeah, it was it was interesting because Deschamps, he made a lot of changes uh, two years ago when they played Ecuador in the third group game, and a lot of people thought that it sort of ruined the momentum a little bit. But I think he had to make, was it? He wanted the rest as uh, you ruin Conte so they don't get a yellow card and sort of miss a game, so that was fine. Uh, Gignac came in and didn't do a lot. Uh, I thought Moussa Soko, it was a, a really, he's one of those players that I know Newcastle fans kind of can't stand him and maybe question his effort. But Deschamps trusts him so much, and I think the trust from Deschamps always affects how he plays for France. And he was, I thought, it was great last night. So it was, you knew he was going to make changes, and I think the changes he made worked. I just think Switzerland—they're a good, they're one of those teams, they're one of those like seven out of ten teams all over the pitch, but there's not really great anywhere. Even Shakiri wasn't great, and the defense was okay. The forwards, yeah, they're, they're very Swiss. I think it's a very neutral. Uh, and you never really felt France were troubled. And then France just struggled to really get going. I mean, Pogba had a fantastic first 20 minutes, hit the crossbar twice. And then he, he was very Paul Pogba. The biggest criticism I have of him is you always feel like you're wanting more. And there's moments where maybe he's like 30 yards inside his own half and he tries to control the ball in a way that he really shouldn't and just maybe just knock it on or take a good first touch. You want him to do that outside the opposition box, not outside his own box, and that can get frustrating. But when he does things like hit the crossbar with outside of his left foot, you have to love him. So he's really hot and cold, and just the hot's really good, but the cold's really cold. Uh, but yeah, I think it got the second half when Pai came on, he hit the crossbar, and we were sat at that side, and it looked amazing, and uh, the place would have went mental that they'd gone in. And after that didn't go in, I think both teams really settled for the point, thinking, yeah, we've had enough of a goal, so no one's going to blame us for tanking it, and let's just let's just shut up shop. And it was a very sort of sterile last 15 minutes. Yeah, what that does is leave you top of the group, but we'll get to that in a second. In this particular match, who did impress and disappoint the most? Impressed by is uh, we got we gave back Sanya a seven uh, on FFW Twitter because I, f- I thought it was great. He's, 
he's never going to offer loads going forward. I thought defensively, he shut down whoever was on there, whoever danger was down that right hand side. He shut it down. He won the ball in the air when he had to. He made some really good challenges. And it was just solid. And for someone who wasn't part of the France team for a while, I thought he played really well. Uh, Sissoko, as I said, was great. I think he has given Deschamps a lot, a big choice to make when it comes to does he bring Matuidi back in or not, because he was fantastic. He, he gave that same energy. He drove forward. He let Pogba play on the left. Uh, Johan Kabay as well, uh, the anchor position, was great. Probably one of the best performances he's had for France for quite a while. Was winning tackles and goal Kante style. And then, although his passes didn't really come to anything, when you bring Giroud back in... You've got more because Gignac doesn't try to win headers, which is weird. He tries to control it by sort of backing into the defender and getting in his feet, whereas Giroud knocked those on all day. So Kabai was good. Uh, I think Coleman tried a lot on the really nice things and was probably the best of the forwards. Uh, but just it was it kept getting the Swiss were very Italian about it. They kept fouling him, but it was like a different guy each time, so no one got booked. And it's like you want to book them for persistent fouling, but you can't book all six of them. <laughs> but he was, but he was, he was impressive. And yeah, I think that the defenders did well, but then they both got a yellow card. Rami and Koscielny and Lloris made a really, really good stop. There was a scramble in the first half, and he sort of threw himself at it. That, probably averted a goal from Switzerland early on. So, yeah, those were the main guys that, that stood out. All right, as I uh, misfired on right before that, uh, mentioning that France has now won the group. Uh, having seen all of those matches, uh, how confident are you going forward, and what do you think would be the best matchup for you in the next round? Currently, as it sits, um, you'd be playing the third-place team from either group C, D, or E which would leave you with a group of Northern Ireland, Czech Republic, Sweden at the moment, but it could be Ireland, Turkey, I don't think Ukraine, unless my math's wrong. But out of that group, which do you think would be the best matchup for France? I was talking to a few French guys about this, and they they were quite worried about how France were going to get on. I think after the Albania performance, when they really sort of shut down two banks of four, and I think France will struggle against a team that's going to sit back and do nothing. Whereas I think France will do a lot better against a more expansive team that tries to go forward, that's going to leave a bit more space to attack into. Uh, so I suppose a, t- a team like the Republic of Ireland probably don't know anything else but to have a go. It's that very sort of Irish mentality. Uh, Sweden, not so much. I think they could. Sweden would probably try and be more defensive and sort of pick on the break or pick set pieces for Zlatan. I think Czech Republic, Turkey, Croatia, I think would probably be a good matchup. Again, nothing to lose and technically good teams that aren't going to sit back in defence. I think Ireland's probably the one, no disrespect to the Irish, because my family heritage comes from there. But just that sort of, we'll have a goal, will sort of fall into France's hands a little bit. And as the tournament progresses, I think the one team the French are worried about is Italy. Because that defence is just so organised and so disciplined that they would get sort of outdone tactically there and maybe struggle to break them down. Then the, the Italians would hit on the break against the the weak French defence. Yeah. So once you get out of that, then you'll be in the real heart of the <laughs> tournament. What? Well, how how far do you think this France team can go? Obviously, the home nation that often has not gone terrifically. But uh, what, what's, it's, got, what's it's, the... gone, it's gone well. It's gone well for France. Yes, <laughs> true. 
<laughs> it's difficult at this point, as we said before, we sort of went on air. It's so hard to predict. Like, it just takes a a number an expect number one team to come second. It just throws the whole bracket out of, out of whack, and it's so hard to predict who's going to get who, especially with the, the third team, which makes it really interesting. But these the last round of group games, there's like not I don't think there's any dead rubbers, which is is great. I think it all depends on who who France get and. As I said, if they, if they end up getting someone like Italy, I really think they'd struggle. Uh, not because Italy are a great team, just the way Italy plays really sort of nullify France's strengths. Whereas I think if they get someone like a Germany, a Spain, uh, I really think France will play better against those kind of teams than they will against the Albanias, Switzerland's. So those those guy guys because Spain will have the Spain will have more of the ball, but but there'll be space for France to attack. The pace of Griezmann, Coleman, Kante, those kind of guys, and then same with Germany, there'll, there'll be space to counter. So yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm more worried about the smaller teams than I am I'm the, the, the favourites. Yeah, makes a lot. I, of I, sense. I, I, I totally, I totally dodged your question. I, I hope they get to the <laughs> at, least, at least the semi-finals, but I, I, I hate making predictions when I don't know who they're going to play. That's mm. okay. Well, instead of that, let's talk about how you think you'll play. In bigger matches, because obviously it was pretty much pre-written that France was going to come out of this group as winners, which has allowed Deschamps the ability to change the squad around so much as you've already mentioned in the second match. Pogba and Griezmann getting sat in this one, you already mentioned Payet and, and, and the others being sat as well. W- what do you think is the best eleven for this France team? Well, I think everyone sort of thought they knew it until the, 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 the last three games, because the Switzerland game's thrown up a lot of... Uh, different options. I think the the one problem he had was with Blaise Matuidi because Blaise Matuidi is so left footed that it's unbelievable. So he has to play on the left side, which is he's great at. He gives you energy and sort of desire, and he'll get forward. But it meant that Pogba has to play a position. The last night Pogba got to play on the left, and he was better. But Sissoko and Kabai showed that they can play in that midfield and they can do really well. I just wonder. You wonder how brave Deschamps is because if he wanted to drop Matuidi out and keep him out I think he really could I wonder if he could go there's two options I have and I'm just not sure one I don't think he'll maybe go for either of them but he probably should is you can have Pogba on the left Kabai as the, the deep six Kante on the right to be more box to box because he's not a sort of natural I'm just going to sit kind of guy he does everything the same way Matuidi does and you're sort of getting that same energy just on the other side or you play Kante as a six, and you could play Sissoko on the right, again, sort of bringing that Matuidi energy. So I'd, I'd love to see one of those two midfields uh, in the last 16 to see how... Because Kante is going to defend more than Pogba, and it gives Pogba a bit more license then. Uh, and I think that's what you need, that's what he gets with with Juventus when he's got Marquisio and Kadira sort of beside him. He has more of a license to get forward, and you're sort of linking him up with Evra, who he knows really well. He calls him Uncle Pat, so there's that trust there. And I think that would work better as a midfield. Up front, I think it has to be Griezmann, Giroud uh, and Paye. I think that has to be the three. Uh, that was a free going into the tournament. I think it has to stay the free. Uh, and Giroud just does so much more up front than, than Gignac did. I think Gignac's better in the sort of last half hour where he runs the channels uh, and gets sort of balls in behind. But Giroud is the one that sort of brings it all together and lets those two get involved. So yeah, that's... Not quite the same. I've got I've got twelve players that I'd pick. I don't quite sure. I think I think I'd maybe go for the the, the Pogba. home nation. Maybe they'll be allowed to do that. 
Just, just yeah, it was, it was twelve. <laughs> I think I'd go for I think I'd go for the Pogba uh, Kabai Kante one just to see how that how Kante works, given license to do a bit more than just defend. Mm. Yeah, that that would be definitely interesting. Um, Giroud up front, obviously with some missed chances uh, in this tournament thus far. Griezmann was playing up front for Atleti for a fair part of the season, but it was usually in a two. Any small shout mm-hmm. for just Griezmann at the tip of the spear? Uh, no. Great. <laughs> it's not, it's not going to happen. <laughs> well, I mean, it's one of those things that people people within the squad is made like, oh, how can Deschamps do this? And they're like, well, I probably wouldn't pick the same squad as Deschamps, but I probably wouldn't play the same formation as Deschamps, and he's picked the players to work for his thing. Uh, I mean, if you had someone like Lacazette in the squad and he was willing to do it, you could have like a 4-3-1-2 with Paye behind a Griezmann-Lacazette forward line. But Deschamps likes to have the big target man. I think Giroud does it very well. Yeah, he missed chances, but he scored, was it, eight goals in six games. He hit the post against Albania. That's I mean, it's hard to criticise someone where... I think, I think there was one header that you could see on his face that he knew he should have done better. One hits the post and one was a bit... You're going backwards and went over... I think it's really harsh criticism. Uh, I think if it's Arsenal fans, they need to calm down a little bit. The French fans don't seem that bothered by it. Uh, I think it's more of a, uh, an Arsenal fan problem. Uh, but yeah, uh, Griezmann, Griezmann's fine on, on the point on the right because he gets to come inside. He doesn't spend a lot of time on the wing as such. He's allowed to drift in and try and link up and he was doing a lot of that yesterday. And he's, he just looks a little bit frustrated. I think he, he's feeling the pressure of the be one of the pin-up boys before the tournament starts. All right. Uh, well, any final thoughts from you before we head out of here? Uh, just if I was if the last time we spoke was in Marseille when things were, were all kicking off. Uh, I must say it's got... The last time my time in Marseille was amazing. I mean, Albanian fans, incredible. Uh, and then yesterday, Lille was like a, a mini uh, Basel. The Swiss fans were everywhere, mixing with the French. It was all really, really good-natured. And yeah... It's what it should be about, and it's it's good to see that it's gotten there after the initial trouble. It's been it's been a fantastic atmosphere being out here, and sort of a, a privilege to be able to experience it firsthand. Well, that's terrific news. Obviously, a lot of people were concerned, so it's it's great that that a lot of the hooliganism has died down. Uh, and that is it for us. So uh, why don't you tell the folks where they can get at you? Yeah, uh, catch me on Twitter at gibney underscore a. There's a link to my Snapchat chat on there, which we did a lot of video things on and then check out obviously French Football Weekly which is French FT Weekly on Twitter uh, yeah follow both of those if you can or just me or just them <laughs> all combinations are accepted alright well thanks so much for joining us and uh, sounds like you had a terrific trip and I'm sure we'll speak soon yes thanks Kev cheers mate